This is a Purple Line Express. Hi guys, uh, this is Kate Keneally with Folio in Chicago. I'm sitting here today in the Bernhardt Design Showroom in the Merchandise Mart. People don't come back to the office, like, are we going to need less office, blah, blah, blah. But the but here's the reality. Yeah, and like, some of our products on our website are designed by international icons like Luca. This is Merchandise Mart. First of all, who are you? Introduce yourself. Oh, you guys don't know me? Should I look in the camera? Uh, <laughs> it's Brett Taylor. I'm a principal at Gensler. Relatively new. I just completed my first year and then get fired. Thank God. What, what Congrats. Do? I don't know how that goes, but I'm not Catholic. Um, so, yeah, so new work. How, how much How much is actually new work? So here's here's interesting. So I'm glad you brought this up, Felix. Thanks for, yeah, thanks no for bringing problem. this up. No problem. Because I actually got super mad like literally a week ago. So we had the CEO of Genza was in our office uh, a week and a day ago. And um, to, this happens all the time, right? Like a big companies, like the CEOs come in, they like do a critical analysis, like we're a big office. How are you guys operating? Like just diving in, just like a checkup, right? Just making sure... Can I help? Can I give some thoughts on efficiency or whatever? So like there, people are you know people are going around and like talking about you know we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, and I'm like I'm like no one's talking about any of my work. Like not I mean nothing's coming up. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like I don't understand. Like I, this is my first time being involved in this. Like I'm like I'm not a big like pound my chest, like stand up and like, but like people are really going at it. Like, like with some minuscule shit. So I like just on a piece of paper, I'm like, I don't really, I'm, I'm so, like, like a lot of us, I'm like, I'm so fucking busy. I'm like, I'm, I like literally spend it most of every day when I'm working, just like putting out fires, trying to keep the wheels from falling off. Just like, I'm just like, boom. And so I don't really think about the scale of it all. So I'm sitting there on the piece of paper. What are the projects? What are the projects in the last year? Are you left-handed? No, I'm just curious. Are you left-handed? No. Okay. I right. mean, I write right-handed. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. So weird? you're writing it down? I mean, I was just... I know. I was just curious if you were left-handed. Yeah, no, I'm not. Thank okay. you. Um, you anyway. can still be animated. I was just That's curious true. if you are left-handed. Uh, <laughs> Felix... So you're writing down all the square footage. Are you writing down square footage or are you writing, writing down project? I was writing down project. I was like, in the last year, I was just, just in the last year, I'm like, all right, let's like, let's, let me just think about this because I haven't really thought about it. Like, all right, in the last year, in like in, which is basically 2020, when like everybody thought the wheels were falling off, like my whole responsibility at Gensler, at least Gensler in Chicago, is like, is building new office buildings. So, Obviously, in 2020, everybody was, like, losing their shit. The office right. building market across the universe is, like, who the fuck's ever going to build another another new office building in the middle of a pandemic when everybody's working at a home? I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I, this, like, this really sucks. So, so now we're, like, in, you know, we're in the start of 2022, and I'm like, all right, well, what are we even doing? I start writing them down. Project, 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 win, 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 contract, contract, contract. <laughs> I'm like, in 2021, 
alone, not counting the work that's like was paused and continued or whatever, just the work I won, 3.4 million square feet in the city of Chicago. In the city of Chicago. That I am personally won and designed. And everybody's like, well, what? Everybody else in this room is like, well, you know, we, you know, we wrote this white paper on uh, how to go back to work. And I'm like, really? <laughs> You're still talking about this? And fucking, I think I did this like four podcasts ago, like about <laughs> the fucking return to work Olympics. Like, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. this is not a thing anymore. It literally isn't a thing. Like, stop it. Like, stop it. Like, you should slap yourself. Stop it. So I was just like, I'm like, you know. The office world isn't dead. It's like, it's not like, uh, it's just, you have to think about like, you have to think about the paradigm of like, um, like the, the loop is dead. Like the, the, the opulence of the opulence of office is dead. Mm -hmm. So everybody, everybody office as like a workplace is dead. You would say. Because I mean, people will no. still need an office, right? I, I know. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, what I'm saying is like, it's like the. Um, I don't need. I don't need to be emboldened by like marble floors in like a 30 foot lobby, and you know, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, gold trim and like, you know, you know, a Monet on the fucking wall or whatever the fuck art piece. Like I don't, like you know, like people don't a JC show, a JC Rivera mural yeah. maybe. I'm not saying that. You said that. Um, I'm teasing. Shout out, JC. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I think it's like, I think there was, I think there was a point in time where like people where that was a thing, right? Like, it's like you, you're the prestige of the office, like embolden you, like you, like you felt empowered because you were like, I'm at one of the best firms. I'm doing this. Like, it's like, and it, it like that actually not in a bad way it did that did work for a couple generations but now that doesn't work i don't think it's a pandemic thing and i think that's where i think this is like the this is where I, the return to work and all this other stuff is like it's irritating me because it's like it's not it's not the uh it's not the pandemic like this the pandemic like fast forwarded well, yeah that's what they say it, it accelerated of like right? of like yeah. what people really care about and it's and it's not you know it's just it's just not it's just not the uh just not the same of like the company brand or motto or like self-professed culture isn't like driving people to like go into work or mm -hmm. do their work right it's and people are still trying to figure it out but but to you like as an individual what do you think would drive someone to work like what what do you want your space to be like in a perfect world I mean, this is how, this is how we were talking about my time in the Marines and I like, this is going to, but here's a, here's a couple, I thought about this a lot because I, I'm forced to think about it a lot because everybody keeps trying to force feed me this return to work bullshit. So like, here's how I think about it. I really, is how I really, really believe in it. And, and maybe the Marines just cause they've been around forever, like just got it right. And they've just been right for a long time. And the the marines really the marines really like more so than any other branch of service like they fundamentally believe in what they call small unit leadership 
Like they build the entire marine organization is built on the smallest capable unit that can accomplish a task. And then they build the whole organization is built on a collection of those people. So like if if this task takes four people, all right, that's a unit. That unit can do almost anything I need it to do. I can redistribute it anywhere. It's a tight knit purpose-built four-person just highly efficient unit four different skill sets all working together that can accomplish fucking anything i tell them to do it doesn't matter go get that hill go lay some sandbags go make some food whatever it is (laughs) fucking these guys can do it all so that you take that highly efficient four-person group they eat together. They sleep together. They know each other. They have phones. They like do everything. They know all this stuff. They are built to just do. They're not micromanaged. They're not, they don't report in some way. They're just like, do that task and tell me when you're done. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. And then you build, in the, in the Marines, you build, you build a squad out of two of those. You build a company out of three squads. You build everything out of that mentality. You build it out of like make, how do you make the smallest unit possible, the most efficient? You give them every last thing they need, period, to be efficient. And then the other thing that overlays on this, which is like I talk about this all the time. It's an amazing book. Uh, I've, I've read, I've had to read forced to read admittedly and through my life been like asked to read or like, you should read this leadership books. They're 99.9% all bullshit, fucking bullshit. I've read them all. So I know you have not, so you don't know, but leaders, (laughs) leaders eat last is like fucking one of the best. What's that? What's that guy's name? Uh, Uh, I can't remember his name. The guy with the glasses. Yeah. 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 The infinite, non-infinite. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. What is his name? I don't remember. Anyways. But anyway, I mean, the whole point of that is like you have the, you Simon, have David Simon. No, not David Ooh, Simon. No. Simon, uh, Simon mm. something. Yeah, yeah. Simon something. Maybe. Yeah. David Simon wrote the wire. I think. No, it's not the same guy. Not the same guy. Oh, no. Okay. But anyway, that's, but, but, but if you put, if you put that together with the idea that your success as a leader, your success, your success cannot happen until every, not some, every one of your subordinates' success happens first. In the Marines, the, re- the, the reason they say this, Marine culture, no matter where you are, this happens everywhere. No matter where you are, if you're in good times or bad times or like there's a, one hot dog that you have to share among 50 people, like the lowest person, the lowest ranking person in any Marine universe always eats first and so on up the chain. Always. Every single place, whether you're in combat, whether you're at home, whether you're wherever, it's always that way. And it's, they build that culture, that subtle thing builds a mentality of like, I don't have success unless this guy's fed, unless then that guy's fed. And like, 
I've seen it. Like meals go out and like senior officers don't eat because there's the food's gone. Like they don't eat. They haven't eaten. They don't like there's not some officer freaking chow hall or some other way that they're getting fed. It doesn't happen. It literally does not happen. It doesn't happen. So are you saying that the small mentality should be translated more into the workplace or like space? No, I'm saying no no what I'm saying is like what I'm saying is like it's a it's an overlap of two ideologies. Gotcha. Empowerment empowerment of the smallest unit possible. Mm-hmm. A non micromanaged small unit that is tailor made to like do good work. Where you're not like you're not pairing two managers together and like a bu- and they, like and you're saying, Oh, hey, you guys are you guys are you guys are gonna do this great work and then you you pair a bunch of people that like have um complementary skills not you know not complementary i mean opposing skills right like all right great well like this needs to get done but there's no one in our four-man group that can do that skill so our unit is going to fail inevitably right because we you didn't i got to go now i've got to go outside and get somebody from another unit Mm -hmm. to like fill that need so as soon as i grab that guy then that guy that unit fails because now they don't have that guy on and on and on. But I think this is what people don't, I think this is where um, people don't, don't get it, right? It's like they don't, they don't understand, like, if you, you're, they're trying to build, they're trying to build this bigger thing, right? This, this, whether it's like on money or success or whatever, it's like they have this like goal of like, we're going to bring all these people in and we're going to set a culture. We're going to set the work culture like we like we're Google. We mean this. We're McDonald's. We mean this. We're whatever. Like we mean this. Like that's not you don't know. You have no idea. You have no idea what your culture is like. Your culture is going to be set by the people that you empower to like be the people that you're going to that you're going to that are going to get your work. The work actually done for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like empower those people like. So like when you think about the office and you think about how that translates to business, the business, it's like, I think about this all the time because we as a, we as a design firm are like trying to like, when you hear all this return to work, everybody talks about it. It's like, they talk about it as like, there's one solution for every business. Like we're, we, we, are we live i firmly believe like we live and die by collaboration and by like idea generation and having the ideas and collaboration with others of that have idea so like if we're not together if we're not doing that then we can't do our work we can't do our work effectively i don't care what you say you just can't if i'm working if i'm doing a different type of job there's a hundred probably different types of jobs where coming in one day a week and like sharing your ideas and like talking about, Hey, here's the direction. And then you go off. Like you can probably do your work without ever coming in the office and touch base periodically, but that's a different, but your product and your different and your small unit is completely different. So like when everybody's trying to sit there and say like, 
well, this is return to work. Return to work for like the country, for like the mm-hmm. Midwest, for like what type of business? Like I've never heard anybody talk about from a business standpoint, like a different type of business. So, I mean, I, I, that's where I think that the knee jerk is like been to go to the West Loop, mm-hmm. right? All these companies moving to the West Loop because what the West Loop office offer is like, it just, it just, it just, exudes like flexibility right in the in the age of unknown it's like do i want to be on la salle street in like on the 42nd floor of like a marble clad office building or do i want to be you know on the 10th floor with an amenity driven you know office building with you know a bunch of cool bars and restaurants nearby yeah where i yeah. can just like walk and go and like hang out yeah. and it's slightly harder to get to but I remember that argument. Like, who's going to go to the West Loop? It's so hard to get to. Like, it's not stopping anybody. <laughs> it's <laughs> it not stopped anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's like the and everybody like. Well, they built the Morgan stop. Like, okay, so you're saying like one train stop in like an entire district. I mean, it's like one, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, we're good. We're yeah. cool." Like, yeah. It's like, it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Totally the, the West Loop is definitely still that uh, arms race is still happening, if you will. So do you feel like you've always felt that way regarding the, the office space or is that something that you are since 2020, 2021? I mean, what has resonated with you? I think last time we caught up was last time we caught up on a record was last January too. January, 2021. I mean, I do think, I do think that people, I mean, I do think people need a place to come together. I just, I just think that you have to be careful about how you like set the culture of that. Right. I mean, I've heard, I mean, you hear everything, right? Like people mandating time days in the office. Some, some places have never, have never not had a normal work week. Like it's just like they kind of get it when they don't do, but it's like, they have never been like, don't come into the office. Like there's some, there's, there's tons of companies that have just never shut their, they have, they have literally never shut their doors. Yeah. Where I think the majority have like, don't come, they've like legit said you are not allowed slash don't come in the office period and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. So where, where I struggle is like the, um, how do you define, how do you define like what, your interaction with your, with the teams like means to your, to your culture. Right. It's like, I feel like a lot of places like want to be define their culture by the architecture of their space. You know, do you, do you have like a, do you have a, a a pantry with like a a kegger? Oh, you know, like, or you have a, you know, you throw a ping pong table in there and like, it's like, Oh, we're like, we're like loose. Isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah. We're like, yeah. we are, we are, we're so laissez faire, but then your bosses are a bunch of a holes. Like, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. that part doesn't, like, you know. It's well, like, I think, I think that's what, I mean, workplace strategy tries to tackle that stuff too, right? Like, how the programming of the space, what your culture is. But see, but the thing that I always find challenging is that when you make solu- 
suggestions to a workplace and their culture is not that way, you're fundamentally changing their way that they operate as a business, right? Which is tough to do. Right. So, but they say they want that, but. No, they don't. They don't, right? Like. No, they want the, they, you know what, you know what people want? Like more or less when like they're, when we're like serving them, it's like they want, they want to feel, they want to feel like they have like that, that couple, the couple, what are the couple wins that can like, uh, you know, like we gave you like, you know, we gave you like this, you know, we gave you the, the pool table, the game room, the like flexible seating, like, you know, we moved or like if your company, like we moved into this office building that has like, you know, 5,000 square feet of like, you know, outdoor terrace you can like you know you can work out there we got wi-fi like you know cool like so we yeah we gave you all this stuff like it's you know but like guaranteed like then it's like that guy who's like out on the terrace like working on his own and he's like he's got some manager that's like bitching that he never knows where that dude is and like <laughs> is he really working or yeah, you know yeah. what i mean it's like yeah so like the culture is like all immediately like the company sells this idea but then the culture is like well, this guy's obviously not performing because I can't see him. I can't see him do his work every day. Yeah. You know, that's not a COVID thing. Like, that's just like, that was like, <laughs> that was happening anyway. And do you, do you, have you seen a lot of people, obviously we're recording this in February, like, what do you think the office is going to be? Do you think it's ever going to go back? I still don't believe that everybody's going to go back five days a week. No. It's so hard for me to really believe that. Going back five days a week is like, I think it's, it's like, it, if you're actually, well, I'm going to make the bold prediction. It's, it will, it's going to, it will come, it's going to come back. Five days a week. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, it's going to come back. I can't tell you. I mean, I'm not, uh, what's it, what's the, what's the Simpsons guy, Matt Groening or whatever. How do you say his last name? Mm-mm. The Simpsons creator. He's like a, obviously a time traveler. Before, before my time. Simpsons is still on, dude. <laughs> it's not before anybody. I know, time. right? Isn't that crazy? It's still on. No, but you've seen this thing, right? Yeah. Where they talk about this guy, like all the shit that the Simpsons have predicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah so whatever yeah, that yeah. guy is, I'm not him. <laughs> um, so there's some period of time. I mean, pushes, pushes, push, pushes is going to come to shove, right? I mean, it's like you're. There's just too. There's too much pressure. There's just too much pressure to be. Um, If you if you're running if you're like running a company like it's just too much pressure to like have a pulse to, get, to really understand that pulse and so it's well, hard I mean, to imagine it's just hard to imagine that like the majority of businesses are just not are not going to like revert back to like some kind of you know some kind of work day some yeah kind of I mean standard work day well you think about the 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 amount of rent you're paying real estate wise. Yeah. If they're if they're if no one's in the office three or four days out of seven days, like you're paying a lot of rent for nobody to be in that office. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? Which then changes the program, which then changes, you know, who comes into the office. Is it group A? Is it group B? You know, like what what happens then? So I, it'll be you interesting. Know you know what's funny though? It's like you bring that up, and I I mean this is actually like like thinking about this now too, right? Because it's like programming office now it's actually proven to be true so like two years ago we were like talking about this right and like everybody's freaking out like from the real estate side we're freaking out about okay like 
people don't come back to the office. Like, are we going to need less office? Blah, blah, blah. But the, but here's the reality. Like, I don't know how many people were really talking about this, but like people were cramming, were doing everything they could to cram people in to like the lowest amount of square footage, mm-hmm. right? Hoteling and all this bullshit, right? It was horrible. I hated it. And so now you think about it, it's like people were condensing their space anyway because they were like, because they were trying to pay, but they weren't, it wasn't because they wanted their workforce necessarily to come in less. It's just like they're trying to figure, they're just trying to be super precise. Like, oh, I'm in sales. So like, you know, like 30% of my force is like on the road. So like I should be able to reduce my size by 30% because any, you know, on a hot desk and everybody, you know, it's like, I'll never, I never need every, no one ever needs a full-time desk, blah, blah, blah. And then that like translated to like every industry. It was like crazy, except for lawyers. Like they got off scot-free because like somehow lawyers to this day all need a private office. They cannot literally function as a lawyer. It's like they have a private <laughs> office with a door. Like it's just impossible, but <laughs> God bless them. Like they figured it out. But <laughs> but now, but the reality is, and I've, and it's proven true, right? Is like the amount of space because because of that because of that kind of that kind of ten year period where it was condensing, but now that you have less people coming in, it's like your office space need didn't change because it's like everybody needs a little bit more space. Like you can't people aren't aren't going to be aren't comfortable sitting this close. So like your square foot per person's up. You know, you're like everything. So it's like, it's like in the end of the day, the metrics just like it like self balanced. Because you don't hear anybody talking about like needing more or less space. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard anybody be like, well, we're we have like, you know, we have 300 people, but you know, because blah blah blah, whatever metric we're gonna need, we only need space for 250. No, I don't. You know, I've I haven't heard that once. So are they so you're saying they're taking the same amount of space they would have previously because because of two things because they're not they're not condensing the work there you know it's like the square foot per person was getting driven to like fucking crazy like 110 <laughs> like you know like you know so now it's back to like a maybe a manageable like 140 150 mm-hmm. you know so like so when you so just just that simple math of like you know the number of spaces you have. Cause this is actually, I mean, this is like our own office. Like we're before, you know, in the end of 2019, we were super healthy. We had just expanded our, we had literally just expanded sadly, right? 2019 <laughs> expand. Um, uh, but we still didn't have enough. We literally still didn't have enough physical desks for the number of people at that point in time. And we're, and everybody's, freaking out figuring trying to figure it out because it's like how do we you know how are we going to balance all this right we can't take more space we just expanded but like we want you know we need we have you know so that's why we were like experimenting with the hoteling we're trying to do all these things like not not like unlike a lot of other places but then you look you look at it now and like you come back and with the same amount of space we still don't have enough desks like we're they're literally, we're literally going through and like trying to, you know, we're trying to um, come up with a solution of like how many days a week can like everybody be in? Like, can we have an overlap of like two or three days? Mm-hmm. And then everybody's crunching the numbers. And we're like, if everybody came in 
with like a slight reduction of staff and like all the space, like it's like we still can't fit everybody. Same aisle space. Yeah. So if the same problem didn't change three years later. Yeah. The same we our space hasn't changed. That's sort of a little like farther apart. Like you know what I mean? It's like the amount of space that we need is like the same space. Mm-hmm. It didn't like from so like from a real estate standpoint, from the thing that like affects our like affects you and me and like yeah. how we how we work and like how that expands the buildings and everything else, like literally hasn't changed. I mean, are you seeing those square footages? I guess when you talk about developments, like when you look at land, what is the typical programming of a land right now? Like, are you thinking it is obviously still retail? Like, what's the unit mix? I know before that we were talking about different unit mixes about last year. Like when you're looking at a new piece of land, right? And the developer is trying to develop a piece of land. What are they? I know there's a lot of different factors that go into that development, but what do you think yeah, that their main I mean, thing is? I mean, I'm, I haven't, I'm not working on any, on any development now that's not, that doesn't have some, I shouldn't say any, Sands one, that doesn't have some mixed component right. to it, right? Yeah. And um, mixed office residential, and that I mean retail is still retails for I think for now until the end of days is going to be a supporting, you know, so there's retail just supporting re- tenant. It's never going to drive like there's not going to be you're not going to there's not going to be any retail driven developments maybe ever again that that may be that may be actually true as as for people who don't know we usually typically you would have an anchor tenant be a retail tenant right yeah i would assume in in some of the bigger developments but well, you're you, saying you could build i mean you build around yeah you could build around a, like a i mean it was a time where like you like a big retail grocery store or like movie theater or like something that would like drive footfall or anything like you'd land you know, department store, like way, you know, back, like those were like, those were the big whales. Like you, you could, you would build a development about around that and then, you know, maximize it. Now it's like, it's infill, it's supporting other, you know, supporting others. You know, there's still a couple, there's still, there are still parts of like, um, entertainment and, you know, there's, there'll always be F and B kind of, you know, need mm. and all that mm. stuff. But what about what about like ecosystems with between developments? Like I know that's something that a lot of people have tried. We're like, hey, if you live in this or if you belong to this building, you also get the fringe benefits of building B yeah. across town. Like I feel like that is something that's gonna probably pick up a little bit more. I think that's yeah. I mean definitely I mean I think you know the um having like I mean it's like it's like building like it's like a different way of building community, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, across product or across development. So, um, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like I live in Marina city. Like it's like that whole, like that whole kind of mini ecosystem is like pretty interesting. Like now living there for, for a few years, it's, you know, you have like the, the residential ecosystem, which is, you know, which has a hierarchy, which, this is actually, I don't know if anybody lives in a high rise. This, I mean, I've lived, I've only started doing this late in my life, but I find, I think it's hilarious. You can't deny it. If you live in a high rise, you'll totally understand. Like 
So there's a high. We have a high. We have a high li- high rise and low rise elevator, right? But like, I, I just happen to live at 55 of 60, so like, I get to kind of see this whole thing. But like, there's this whole <laughs> arbitrary like hierarchy just by the number, like where you li- like the number oh, you yeah. get a push in the yeah. button. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's like crazy, right? So it's like, I, when I get an elevator and like, I always like let the person push because it's like as I'm going higher and I gotta, I want to get out of the way and I push and then like you can always feel like they're like, ah, oh, you're one of those. He's like 55. He's like up there. He's so high. It's like, but then, but then there's only there's only four <laughs> floors. There's only four floors that are higher than me. But when I run into one of them. Even though I'm at 55, like I feel it. I go, oh god, 58, god damn! I don't want to be in an elevator with the guy with the 58. And then it's even worse, like because like all the amenities and everything are on 20. Like right? that's where the split is. That's where the transfer floor is. Okay. So like when you sit on there and you like go to 20, you push 20 and you get someone that's in the lower. It's like then you're just like. They don't even count. Like it's because you're battling, you're battling in the high rise, and then you get someone is like, "Oh, you're on." Yeah. Oh, you're on eighteen. How quaint! Like oh. how quaint. Yeah. The uh, my sister. It's so funny, dude. My sister lives in uh, the Nima, oh, yeah. uh, so yeah. she still goes up the the regular elevators, and then they have like the, you know, floors. I don't even know sixty to like eighty. Uh, they have their whole own elevator bay, right? Yeah. But when you see people come out of there, you're like, "Oh man, they, these those guys live high up there," yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. So, so is it still re- not retail anymore with developments? It's more of the residential component. Like, what's going to be driving that anymore? <laughs> I mean, pro- I think. I mean, I think. I mean, it feels. I mean, it feels like it feels like residential has been driving development for a while now. Like, I. I mean, I think back. How long, how long ago has it been since I lived in London now? It's like forever. Like five years against there, one, two, three, seven years. Oh, God. But like, it's like London. I mean, it's like the housing, the housing shortage. It's like, it's like, it's like real. It's like, it's a real problem everywhere. It's like, I remember in London, like now it's like seven, or eight years ago, Chicago. It's like no one can build residential fast enough. Like it's like. This is like a, it's like this is I think people, I kind of lose track of like. This is social, you know, social. Uh, it's like how exponential like human population go gets like it's you know it's like it's like people because I always uh, you know when you think intuitive like oh like residential like why why do we you know like why do we need so much residential it's like yeah because like human population grows exponentially like it's like it's like. We are like, we're not growing. It's like we're not growing in like some like linear thing. We're like the people that are dying, and there's people that take their houses or whatever. It's like no, we're like growing like this. So it's like everybody is around has a bunch of freaking kids, and then those kids like all of a sudden like they reach an age where like they get they married and they want to start having their own kids, and yeah. they're like I need a place to live, and like. So it's like this thing just keeps growing exponentially. Like we're yeah. popular. I mean, that's a whole other. That's a whole, it's a whole other, other episode. It's a whole other podcast of like <laughs> population growth and blah blah blah. I could give a shit because I'm not going to be around to see any of this come out, <laughs> and I don't have kids, so that's more for Felix to figure out, not me. Um, <laughs> but that's what I mean because it. 
when I first thought about this, I'm like, how is this? All, how ten years later is this still a problem? Yeah, everybody's building residential like, like as fast as they can, but like everybody says, like we still have a housing crisis. Like why? How? Oh, and I'm like, oh right, because it's like, you're you've you're we're playing catch up for we'll be playing catch up for, ever, probably, because uh, it's just it's just crazy. It's just crazy yeah. how how exponential it gets, right? Before, I mean, I, since I have you here, I want to ask you about uh, permit process in the city of Chicago and permit expediters. Ooh, so I know we're, we're coming down on time here, but uh, oh, uh, we are. T- tell, tell us really quick, for the people who don't know, permit expediters in the city of Chicago really help push through permits within yes. the city of Chicago. And um, I don't know if any other markets have permit expediters. I would assume New like York. The, I would like, assume New York does. No, no, this is a common thing. No, this is not. This is not a Chicago thing. Sure. Right. Exactly. So, so other no permit, permit expediting. I mean, I think that the um, oh man, I was going to go down a whole rabbit hole, but anyway. <laughs> first off, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole in quit in 48 seconds. You're good. The Permit, permit expediting is like absolutely necessary. I mean, it's like what it's just like it's just like when you hire someone to do like a code review on like a really complicated project. Like there's just there's things, you know, and then there's just like there's like n- the nuance of what you don't know. Right. So like like any bureaucracy, there's just so much like paperwork and just like nuance to like all these things. So like. I think the term expediting is like a kind of like it implies that they're like going to get you a permit somehow quicker. It's not really, it's not really what happens. It's not really what they, they don't really expedite in the sense of like making something happen in a faster way. What, what they do is ensure that it doesn't take longer than it should. It's like, it's actually, it's like, um, whatever the anti expediting It's like they, they, <laughs> keep delays from happening, right? They're just the ones who are on top of you. Like, hey, you got to get this to water guy. You got to get this to this guy. You got to get this to this guy. Like, this guy needs this. Like, they're just the guys who, like, keep you on, to just keep you on your toes of, like, understanding, like, where all the bureaucracy lies. It's like, I've, like, I've done, I've been doing so many, like, planned, it's like the same thing. Like, I've been doing so many planned developments over like the last five years that I could be, I could do like, I could do that job in the same way. Right. It was like, I could probably hire myself out and just be like, look, I will guide you through the entire like plan development process. Like if you want to do it, I'll, I can, I'll just tell you when you need to submit X, Y, Z, like when you need a power, like the city needs a PowerPoint here. It's stupid, but you do. Here, they need PDFs here. They need this here. They need this here. This one's got to be nine by eleven. This one's got to be landscape. This one's got to be this. Like, there's just so much. But it's like until you've done it a few times, like it's like impossible because just reading the the checklist doesn't tell you like what they really need to like get it approved quickly. That's where the expediting comes in. So they're definitely necessary. But I agree. I agree. They're necessary. I just think it's interesting that like it's a thing, right? No, but this is where I was going to go. This is what always makes me think about this. Fundamentally, what irritates me about permit expediting and code reviewers and 
CMs for that matter. And, you know, just as a purist architect, like the fact that we have, have as a, as a profession, like just lit, like allowed ourselves to be so risk adverse and so kind of lazy fair about this thing. Like every single one of those, these like spinoffs were just what the architect did. It was just, that was, you did it. Like you, you did Oh, you're it. saying the responsibility used to be just with the architect. Right. Being like responsible. You for got paid yeah, a yeah. shit ton of money and yeah. you like did all these things. Like you didn't spin it off and like, you know, sure. like yeah. everybody just allowed <laughs> all these, like there's so, there's so many fucking industries now that are just like paper pushing yeah. industries that used to just be what we did. Like, it's like, it, it, just boggles my mind like it's how did this happen to us how, how did it happen? happen before we sign off how did that happen risk adverse risk adverse risk adverse so money Li- liability money and liability it's like how do you i don't want to deal with construction i don't want to deal with this i don't want to deal with this i don't want to deal with this and like but now we look back but now but here's this that like you know you did it to ourselves like we look back and you're like well out of all the professional service firm, professional service industries, like architects are by far the most commoditized. Everybody complains about this all the time. And why is that? Because the only thing, the only value, the only true value that architecture firms now offer really in the end of the day is aesthetic arbitrary, totally subjective, aesthetic, commoditized. Like, I'll pay you more because I like your design. I'll pay you less because I need you, I just need a guy who just stamp a drawing. Like there's no, like you don't, there's no, all the other things that, that truly add the value and like give you market share and all this stuff. Like maybe some brand, like maybe you, Someone's going to say, I want a Genzo building, that's one building. I want a piano building. I want a foster building. I want a whatever. Like there's some part of that maybe that that doesn't want a lot of people to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, you've got to build it on relationship. You got to build it, but it's like you build it on commodity. Yeah. And not, it's like engineering is probably next, but then like you look at the other serves, like lawyers aren't like, they're not, they even like, they haven't, spun off other they just other do services it. Yeah. They don't do it they just yeah. do it so what What are your what's the goals for uh 2022 <sighs> i'm just on the high note yeah, here i've made it through the first month um my biggest goal my biggest legit goal because i've only taken golf seriously for since covid is i want to like i want to break i want to be able to, I want to consistently break a hundred in 18. I, I mean, don't judge me. I just can't. I just, I for the life of me, I can't do it. I'm like 110, I'm 110. I just need somehow I got to take 10 strokes. Oh, that's a lot. I got to take, I got to figure it out. I got to get 10 strokes. Have you ever, have you ever had lessons? No, but this oh, okay. is like, I'm going gotcha. to take lessons. I'm going to, I just last year at the end of last year, I got custom fit clubs. So I'm like, I'm, I'm destined for, I'm destined for greatness. Nice. Destined well, good luck greatness. with that, man. 
I'll be out there. I'll help you. Beyond that. We'll do it together. Oh, really? You want to go golfing? Anytime. I'm not, I'm not a good golfer, but. Me neither. I just told you. I'm one yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> By definition, bad. Can you keep track of just one ball? No. That, that's, my, that's my, like, goal. Is no. to just hit one ball the whole day. Uh, no, that's never happened to me. No? Okay. Not once. Gotcha. gotcha. I mean, literally, I don't think ever. Yeah. I've never not lost a ball <laughs> golfing. It's, like, never happened. Well, uh, single time. thanks for coming up and chopping it up. Thank Real slow. Sir. Love it. Well, my thoughts and prayers with you, and congratulations ahead. Thank you. Of your inevitability uh, fatherhood. Fuck, man. Thank you, crazy. man. crazy. Yeah, man, it is fucking wild. But uh, we all will. All things like this big? Yeah, right? Jesus. Who knows? They grow fast, though, right? They do. They do. Um, here, you have to just let them sleep. And they'll grow. Um, but yeah, we'll catch up definitely more throughout the year. I think this will be, should be like a reoccurring, like bi-weekly thing. So yeah, um, maybe we'll do one. That's just all jokes though. Look no forward to it. Topics. Yeah. Well, you take them serious. So it's my fault. you drive it. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, man. Well, cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks Appreciate guys. It.